Hi, Mathis. Or should hey. I call you Mr. Giggles? Mr. Giggles is my surname. You oh. will call me Mathis. Mathis, Mr. Giggles? Okay. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny. I think sometimes things are funnier when you're drinking stuff. Yeah. And then it's like... Yep. Then the laugh is just more easy to do, and it's not a good thing, but it does happen. It does. Yeah. You, you aren't wrong. Anyways, how was your week? <laughs> my my week was pretty standard. Um, but, and, but your weekend wasn't. But my weekend was eventful, which never happens. I'm so excited for you, John. Oh, God bless. <laughs> <laughs> I had activities. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Saturday, I went Sounds to... Sounds like summer camp. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. <laughs> um, so Saturday, I went to the Cubs game. Which is awesome. It I, is awesome. I mean, I'd actually love to go to a baseball game right now. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just, they're just fun, you know? And so I had to get up early. I took the train in, um, and then I met... Um, some teacher friends from school and Mm -hmm. it was actually it was supposed to be really warm and it was really warm technically it was like 70 but our seats were in the shadows and it was still so cold so so we would like no it wasn't so pretty much for a lot of the game we stood out on the patio where there was sun um Mm -hmm. oh that's right you told me you were doing that yes um because we didn't want to be cold. Um, <laughs> what kind of baseball game is this? Right? I don't want to suffer. Um, but they did. It was funny because, like, they actually won. I think it was like 6 0. And there were two or three home runs. And every time there was a home run, no one on the patio cheered. It was, <laughs> <laughs> they, I could, you could hear everyone in the stands going, like, yeah, yeah. And then the patio was just like, Someone like drops uh, a cup. Um, I, I wish that the, like the technical director with like the cameras had like purposely just, like completely cut to the, like the riotous crowd, like right. ah, and then cut over to you guys. You know, everyone on the patio. It would have been great. It would be so funny. Um, and so then after the game, um, I had a few hours to spare because I also on Saturday got to go to see Pete Holmes. Yes, my homeboy. For you guys that don't remember. Pete Holmes, uh, he hosts my favorite podcast. It's called You Made It Weird. It's so Um, good. He's one of my favorite people. Um, And he was doing his taping for his HBO special in Chicago. So we got tickets with different friends that I went to the Cubs game with um, to go see him at, like, it was started at 730. So I had a few hours to spare. So we ended up going to, like, a few of the Chicago bars. And it was so loud. Like oh my I, gosh. I one thing I can never understand about bars is why they have to play their music to the <laughs> point where I'm literally going deaf. We were talking about this yesterday with me and some friends. It was like like you know what the worst bars are? The ones where you're screaming at the other people literally, in the bar. You literally have to scream and it's you like do, that is yeah. making me more deaf. Yeah. But there was one where there was like a dueling piano thing, so that oh, was kind of cool. Fun. Those are fun, um, yeah. But, so then I was out there for a few hours, and then pretty much the only reason I went to the Cubs game um, was because it was only a half mile from where this theater was, where Pete Holmes. Oh, that's great. 
Because if, if it was, like, miles away, I wasn't going to go to the Cubs game because it would, just uh-huh. would have been too stressful. Um, but it was only a half mile. So then when my other friends said they got there, I actually just ran. <laughs> I don't I don't know why. <laughs> what? I you just, ran to the theater? I did. <laughs> <laughs> For one reason. One reason it was general admission. And so I knew that we had to get good seats. And the uh, doors opened at 6.30 and they got there and it was like 6.33 when they told me. So I was like, oh no, the doors are already open. There was probably a line. I have to run. Um, That's so funny. That's so funny. So I ran. (laughs) Uh, But then when we went to the Pete Holmes, um, there was, so let me just set the scene for you. So we walked into the theater pretty much. From what my friend said, they only sold tickets for the bottom part of the theater. There was a balcony, and uh-huh. also people could sit up there, and we were confused about that because when uh, my friend <laughs> bought the tickets, that wasn't an option. But I guess some some people got to sit up there. Um, but to the right, it was already pretty much pretty packed in the main area. So we like went to the right, and we saw um, there was like the front section and then you know there's always like a space and there's the audio equipment in the center and then there's like two kind of back wings and to the right wing is where we went and there was like the front row of the right wing was open but there was like caution tape very poorly (laughs) well very poorly placed on these chairs like it looked like they had been there for years and like just (laughs) people had just sat on it and like pushed it down, some were up, some were down, some were torn, um, and no one was sitting there, and there weren't any signs, it, it was mm-hmm. just literally just caution tape, so we <laughs> sat there, there were three of us, and it was like probably like a row of eight or something, so we sat there for like a good 15 minutes, and no one said anything, and then this guy comes up, and he's like, um, excuse me, this is for, <laughs> this is for Pete's people, and we were like, oh, <laughs> So we had to get up and move. Um, And we actually found seats kind of in that same wing, just on the other side. But um, funny enough, the row that we were sitting in is where his girlfriend came to sit. And she was sitting right in front of us. Um, Oh, my gosh. I kind of feel like I know his girlfriend now. Me, too. (laughs) (laughs) So we, we were, like, joking. We should be, like, scream her name. Her name was Val. Be like, Val! And then she turns around, and we're like, who did that? We're like, we're so sorry, Val. Hi, how are you? I'm John. <laughs> um, but we didn't. Uh, but the show was, it was so funny. I mean, he just, his humor is my type of humor. He mm-hmm. he grew up very religious, so we have kind of that bond. And then in his podcast, they all they talk about all different spiritual types of things. So we have like kind of that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's probably why I like him so much, but... He's just so funny. <laughs> um, so when it comes out, I hope everyone watches it because it was actually really good. Um, but that's about it. And then we drove home. I drove <laughs> home with my other friend, so I didn't have to take the train back, thankfully. But That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see his stand-up. I listened to... Um, did you listen to his podcast uh, with the guy who did like tons and tons of comics for The New Yorker? Yes. I just listened to that one this week, and it was really, really entertaining and interesting. Yeah. 
because that guy was so different from him. Like, it's really, yeah. the guy, like, shuts him down so hard, and he's not meaning to. Like, I related a lot to his guests, because, right. like, Pete would tell a joke, and then he would be like, okay, I'm just processing to see if yes, he did. funny. And Pete was like, I don't think I like that. <laughs> I just, I don't want you to do that. Just laugh at it, please. He, you can tell that he's been, like, put through the ringer when it comes to, like, selling comics. Like, to uh-huh. the point where he's like, I have to think to see if this is funny. Because I'm sure right. that that's what he has to do in his daily work, right. is to distinguish between funny and not funny comics. Yeah, it, it was just so funny. And it, you could hear it, like, Pete was sort of not being, de- not being defeated, per se, but, like, you, he was changing up his style a little bit more as they, like, kept going. Like, he wasn't laughing as hard as he usually does, uh-huh. or, like, as many quips as he usually does, and I yeah. This poor guy just is like, well, if the jokes aren't working, I won't tell them. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I'd I'd love to I'd love to see him live. That's great. Yeah, he was so he was so silly. Um, how was your week? Or week and uh, whichever you want to talk about. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like super eventful. It was very it was very busy. I had like a social outing every day of the week, and I don't Ooh. want. I don't want to live my life that way. Must be like, tough to have friends, Mathis. I knew that's what you were going to say. I, I, and I'm not over here bragging or complaining. No, it was no, just... right, no. <laughs> Shut up. Can't you hear all my friends in the background, Mathis? <laughs> yep, there they are. Yep. They're this, very loud. The silence is my friend. <laughs> the sound of silence is real. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Anyways, keep going. <laughs> So, guess what I actually did do this weekend? I went and saw a movie that you were excited for, and I did not want to see. And the Stop reason it. why... The reason Stop why... everything. <laughs> the reason why... Stop everything. <laughs> I did not want to go, and I thought it was going to be... Did you drag your feet through the dirt the entire way there? You know, I went with some co-workers. It was like a guy's night out thing. And we were literally about to walk into the theater and I turned to them all and I went this is going to be terrible <laughs> but You're you so already know rude. what I'm talking about I am rude I'm a terrible person I know they said they definitely Only when said, it comes uh, to certain movies <laughs> they, it's true yeah they essentially said fuck you after I said that so good <laughs> it was like that's fair that was kind of a jerk of me but for everyone else who's listening obviously you know exactly what I'm talking about but um mm-hmm. Hardcore Henry just came out. Um, that is literally not what I thought you were gonna you were gonna say. Really? What did you think I was gonna say? Batman versus Superman. No, no, I'm not gonna go see that movie. Well, that's why I thought it was that one. No, I'm sorry. That was Ugh, now really I'm disappointed. Misleading. That was really misleading. But I saw Hardcore Henry. Okay, well, how was it? You know what? I thought it was gonna be terrible, and uh-huh. I think for that reason, I enjoyed it a lot. It's um. I'm going to just act like you saw Batman vs. Superman and everything you say about this movie, you're saying about Batman, so keep going. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm pretty sure everyone who listens to this podcast doesn't like a Batman vs. Superman, so they're probably like, screw you, John. But um, that's just me trying to rub it in your face. I'm going to continue. <laughs> so you can see my face right now. <clears throat> oh, I've seen it enough times and I've insulted you to know what it looks like. Don't worry. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I just think I heard a fire truck outside. He's wheeling around. Um, That's me coming for you. <laughs> That's me coming to put out the fire that is your life. Your life. 
Um, the, I think the reason why it's really fun, though, is because uh, it's really funny. Like, it's actually a very funny movie. Uh, lots of lots of like quick quips and jokes, and like a few slapstick moments. And Charlotte O'Copley is such a great actor. Like he, he make he made the movie for me. Like he's such a he's such a big presence, so out all the time on screen. And I liked that a lot. Um, it takes place in Russia, so it doesn't look like anything you've ever seen, and that's really fun. It's it's very much what was interesting is it's very much made for the video game culture. Like right. even the dialogue is written like you're playing a video game. And I was like, that's really interesting. Like, this game is a response to that sort of, that movement in, in the entertainment industry. But I read this review that kind of nails it on the head. It said, this this movie is designed for gamers, but if gamers want this experience, they play a video game. And I was like, that's very true. Like, the game is targeted towards that audience, but I don't think that the or the movie Right. But I don't think that the movie is really going to pull in a lot of that audience. Um, that being said, I mean, you will like it. I, I feel pretty uh-huh. certain that you will like it. There's like two action sequences in it that I'm pretty sure are the first things that the creators thought of, like when they thought of this movie, because they're so right. out and so brilliant and so well like like composed. All of the like stages and fights through it are incredible and one of them is that you know that part in the trailer where like he blows up the jeep and he flies up in the air yes motorcycle motorcycle yeah that sequence is brilliant like it's so well done so there's my quick review of it i'm gonna that was that was a good quick review yeah i'm gonna write a letterbox review so everyone should be on letterbox everyone go in (laughs) no they're not paying us to say that it's just a really cool app and you should do it Right. Hashtag spots. <laughs> um, but when this podcast comes out, I will have seen the 1975 in concert because, Ooh, yeah, we're recording. Tomorrow? Exactly. We're recording on Sunday. I'm seeing them Monday and the episode will be out Tuesday. So I'm going to be, I'm really excited to come back and report. Yes. You love them. them. I do. Yeah. I like them too, but if, you if you them. got, if anyone's coming in like at this point in our podcast, like, my affection for them has has been uh, well displayed on this podcast. Yes. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm I'm very excited to go. I I can't wait, and I'll be sure to to report back here with all the interesting uh, happenings of the concert world. I hope I have a funny story like this stoner just tra- kept trying to hug me or something like that. You know. Oh, I hope that happens. Yeah, of course I would hug him. Like it wouldn't be like a right have to try very hard i would give him a hug oh good yeah i mean what would jesus do you know i don't know if jesus would watch the 1975 in concert i think he would i hope so i would i would fist bump him so hard if he was there like if i ran into jesus at this concert i mean i ran into jesus everywhere in a sense Hmm. i have i cannot wait i that is it's not the time to talk about the spiritual section, but that ties in really well with something I have to say later in this episode. Okay, and then let's very, keep it going. I'm let's very move. excited to say it. We'll be there soon. We'll be there soon. Let's move on. What, sh- <laughs> what should we talk about? Oh, gosh. We can so, quickly talk about Doctor Strange trailer. Yeah, I mean, 
a large portion of this episode is going to be about superhero movies. So Doctor Strange is going to go into that. Yeah. Really, really well. Can um, I can I just quickly, quickly add quickly. very quickly because we've talked about this a few times. Did you see the news that Avatar is now getting four sequels? Oh, I forgot about that. I was like, we have to talk about four this on the sequels. Podcast. Not three, uh, another one that no one asked for. <laughs> it's just so funny in the in the uh, in in a world where the second one continues to be pushed back. They're just like, you know what? Let's just add because another. you're all so excited and you've been waiting so long, we'll do four sequels. Oh my god! I literally had the biggest eye roll. <laughs> I laughed so and hard. like an out outward sigh. I was like, duh. <laughs> But anyways, like... let's not even talk about it. I just had to put that in there. Oh, you I mean, and we already talked about how ridiculous that quote was. James Cameron is. So, I know. I mean, like I just this is the cherry on top of that entire discussion. This is so <laughs> funny. It's so funny. It's so very funny. Oh my <sighs> god. So Doctor Strange. Do you want to talk Doctor Strange or do you want to do you want to go to like the other trailers that came out this week? Cuz Literally, there were so many trailers that came out this week. Like, I, th- I think we have to limit ourselves because we have a lot to talk about. So You're right. Um, I think that we should, honestly, if we're doing the superhero thing, we should just do Doctor Strange. Okay. So here's what I love about the Doctor Strange teaser. It does not look like a Marvel movie, Mm-mm. and... You are shown so many amazing things, and you have no idea what's going on. Yes. And, and Sorry, it, that was... I was like, yes. <laughs> that was actually very effective. Like, I was like, I don't know anything about the Doctor Strange universe, but I think that you've teased it in a way that is very... Uh, um, what's the word? Uh, uh, ah, appealing. It's on my tongue. It's appealing, uh. but... Um, taunting it's very taunting it's like you you want to come see this movie you know yeah it's very inception like that was the first thing i thought of yeah a a co-worker said that and i was like is it just because all the skyscrapers are it is visually it's in one shot yeah i mean that's true because it does have that like this is reality well everything's going trippy and that's that's this is like totally the type of movie i'd be into Oh yeah, for sure. It's it's probably gonna like go into like the multiverse or mm-hmm. yeah, you know things like that, things beyond this realm, right? Which and is it's totally my thing. That is your thing, and the idea that you could uh, craft a superhero film around the going into new dimensions or like leaving your body to do right. something is like very fun. Like that's a very fun idea, and this is. Thor has already like started this, but this is yes. this is the introduction of more magic into uh, the superhero genre. Like Marvel think... has always been scientific, but there's also a lot of magic there, and I'm excited yeah. for that. And I think what will be hard for them is to do it in a way that's not confusing. You know, to like it's write it big. out to yeah. where it's fun, but also and not so explanatory. Understand, right? You know, it's like I don't want you to explain it to me. Just just show me what happens. Like we don't want a eight minute exposition scene like in Man of Steel when Russell Crowe literally has to tell Clark Kent everything that that there is no time for the movie to explain. Like you don't want anything like that. You want it to just be very 
very clear, very fun, and hopefully, if it's a little ambiguous, I'll be like, that is the first Marvel movie that has ever yeah. been ambiguous. Um, but yeah, I was I was really pumped about it, and because the director has done three or four horror films now, he's coming from such a unique and fresh angle, like. If any if any elements of horror filmmaking, horror cinema are there, I think that that's going to be really, really fun. Like, Sam Raimi brought a few of those to the Spider-Man trilogy, and it's just very effective because he does things that other people would not have done if they were adapting Spider-Man, you know? Like, right. it's just a, it's a very fresh world. And, you know, bouncing off of that, Marvel is literally just like, it's sucking in all talent. Like, if you made a good movie and they heard about it, they want you. Like, right? It's nuts. Um, right? You know, Ryan Coogler, who just did the amazing Creed, is doing the Black Panther movie, uh-huh. and Jeff Nichols, who just made Midnight Special, he's not doing a superhero movie. But as soon as Mud came out. Like, they wanted him so badly for Aquaman. And th- these are people <laughs> who make, like, these independent, really strong movies. And, like, the superhero genre is just sucking it all up. Like, it wants all of it. What's, what's that other I think is cool that they're trying to get these kind of more indie directors to bring that new, fresh uh, vibe. Right. And But also what I think the thing is is that it is such a... It holds such a seat at the the movies of the year. Like the superhero genre holds such a seat at that spot. Like right. everybody is involved in it, and it's really what's really funny about like uh, this the way that the superhero genre has taken over, and a lot of more high art people are complaining about it or bashing it. It's like. But the thing is, is that a lot of high art people are in it now. Like, look how many Oscar-nominated actors are in superhero movies. This is just... I think we forget how um, how new the idea of that is. Like, superheroes are not a cool thing if you go back 20 years. Like, right. it's not it's not something that people wanted to be a part of. It didn't attract people like Benedict Cumberbatch or... Mark Ruffalo or you know like these people who are great actors it's it's just really it's really insane it's it sucks up the talent it's literally um like we've talked about this before the best action movies of the year and the best comedies of the year are also always superhero movies specifically Marvel yeah. and i just think that this is a really great time to have this conversation and and like in a time when Batman vs. Superman just came out, we're about to have Suicide Squad. That was another one of the trailers this week. We just got the Doctor Strange trailer. Civil War comes out in yes. three weeks. Um, the X-Men uh, Apocalypse comes out in like a month, two yeah. months, something like that. Like, it's If it is going to slow down, which it inevitably will, it's not now. Like It's, it's so big right now. Yep. Feel free to talk. I I have no more thoughts for the moment. Yeah. I feel like I could keep going, but I want to hear your thoughts a little bit. About Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange or just superhero movies in general? I I mean, it's all just so fascinating, like, where we're at with it. It's Yeah. Um, 
I definitely think it's what the people want at this point. And I don't remember if I was talking to you about it or someone else, but you know, we go, we definitely go through phases. You know, we went through that vampire phase with Twilight, and then there was all right. these things with vampires that came out, and then it kind of went into the superhero genre. And I think just like how vampires kind of went away, it'll be the same for superheroes. Um, I think superheroes will probably stay longer than the vampire phase. Um, oh, for sure. Like the vampires I, are nearly the, gone. Right, and just like yeah. how TV shows came from those, you see, we're seeing a lot of superhero TV shows. Um, and I think what's fascinating to me is trying to guess what will be the next thing. Um, yeah, to, and seriously. I, I honestly, I think it'll be like the angel demon. Uh, oh, flash. interesting. I think that that will be kind of a new thing. That's interesting. I think the, di- the dynamic of that is very relatable just in the light, dark, um, good, evil which is pretty much any type of storyline. There's the good evil. But, um, you know, the angel demon is kind of that spiritual unknown. You know, it's... A lot can come with that in stories in, like, the human world. And um, that was the jumbly of thoughts that happened. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but, yeah, um, I did want to point out there was a bald Tilda Swinton in the trailer. <laughs> Oh, yeah, of course. And Rachel McAdams looking just like Rachel McAdams. Was that her? Oh, yeah, but she looks exactly the same in every movie. I've never thought about that. Literally, she was in the... Because there was a shot of someone in a gurney looking up at, like, a nurse or a doctor, and it was her. And I was like, you look the exact same as you did in Spotlight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never thought about that. You're so right. And it's like, change the hair or, you know, put on different eye things well even it it, what's crazy is that like even if an actor is very slightly differently dressed like those slight subtleties and plus the conviction of the character in their face like it can take you it could take you into a new character and when you see her face it's like the same (laughs) face every time and it's sometimes she's really good but that doesn't you know she's always good it's just you know, we were talking about Spotlight so much and how they're all just kind of blah. And then it's like to see blah Rachel McAdams again. I was like, cool. I think I think two really good examples of other actresses who don't really look different in every movie, but are very, very different the minute you see like a frame of them in another movie would be uh-huh. like Emily Blunt always looks like Emily Blunt, but she looks like a different character, even if you just saw a screen grab like you know that it's somebody else. And then, like, Jessica Chastain. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it doesn't It doesn't take a lot. It just takes... It's all in the face, really. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a very funny point, though. She does always look like Rachel McAdams. She sure does. What's your favorite Rachel McAdams role? Uh, definitely Regina George. Mean Girls. That's a good one. Yeah. Mine would be she actually doesn't look like Rachel McAdams Not in Mean Girls no. though. No. <laughs> exactly. Is that why you like it? It must be. Like Rachel <laughs> McAdams is the farthest from Rachel McAdams in this movie and that makes her best role here. Exactly. I am a sucker for about time, so I'm gonna say oh, about time. That was a good one too. That movie's so good. Um anyways, back to superhero movies. Yes. Uh, 
Is it in the Spielberg quote about it that he says that this is like the new Western? I can't remember. Yes, that it will probably be become the new Western, yeah. That's such a great insight because if you look back um, a few decades ago, like everything, every every movie of the year, or at least like 50% of them, it was just Western after Western after Western. And now there's no Westerns. It's like a Western once a year. It's yeah, it's a even. very, if even, yeah, it's a very dead genre. And I was like, that's, like, when I first heard that, which was like a year or two ago, I was like, that's exactly right. And the Western is a superhero movie. Like, it's so mm. adventurous and it's whimsical, like, very silly at points, like a superhero movie tends to be. And it's I don't very. Know if I call it a superhero movie. It feels like one to me. Westerns? Maybe, yeah. I think a large majority of them are. It's it just seems a little larger than life. Like it's not very like um it's not very intimate or natural. It's just like it's it there's like a realness to it, but everything is just like jacked up to like a more fantastical sort of adventure story. Maybe it's just me. But I think <laughs> that but um the thing about superheroes though is they're invincible virtually invincible like there is no stopping a superhero and i don't know if you've ever heard heard this before but um, a lot of people think that that is a response to uh growing up in like a world where 9-11 has happened and our heroes on screen can can walk away from anything and it's one of those things where the culture is very susceptible to it and they want it like they want people who are that big and who are saving the world in a way that is like um they they can't really be stopped like i can't think of a superhero movie right now where uh where like the the superheroes are just destroyed like they're killed and they're they're dead even like throughout the entire movie they're not being like beaten down to a pulp like that never happens it's it might be a scene or two but like the superhero is always is always powerful and there's Mm -hmm. i i would agree with that i think that there's a certain they're coming into coming into you know the the superhero movies start right before 9-11 and I think all of them since then have been trying um it might be on a subconscious level but like you were saying uh the audience is there like people want this and I think that people want to see more superhero movies because it sort of appeals to that like there is a very bright bright good in the world that can defeat evil um and yeah, so and I think I think with superhero movies they I know as a viewer myself, I like to think that, you know, I am that superhero and that I, therefore, exactly. am invincible. And I think that's probably why we like it, too, because we live in such a world where, you know, pretty much anything can happen at any time. And we want to feel like if something bad happens, we are strong enough to overcome. Exactly. Um, even though we know we don't have, you know, magic powers or anything, we like to kind of put ourselves in their story because it's more fun. <laughs> And if you if you go back to um, if you go through film history, there has never been a genre or a period of a time where characters have been so invincible as they are right now. Like 
characters, even if you go to like certain action movies right now that will come out like throughout the year, like the amount of um, like the beating they will take is not like a 90s movie or like an 80s movie or like a 70s movie. Like those characters used to get it handed to them. Like you could look at um, Die Hard, for example, like Bruce Willis gets it handed to him in Die Hard. And I can't think of a an action movie that's come out in recent years where a character takes that much, that much damage. And I and it's just the same Batman versus Superman. <laughs> well, I mean, I I would go further with Batman versus Superman, but like, I, it hasn't been out long enough for us to talk spoilers. Right. But um, I think that that movie also does speak to this, though, and you know what I'm talking does. about because the yeah. way that the movie ends, it's right. like. There's a certain there's a certain cultural um, you know there's some there's something about that. Um, and but the thing say, about though? it is, in the superhero genre, if a superhero dies, rarely are they ever dead forever, and that's something that's frustrating to me. Is right. Like, no matter who it is or what movie it is, they are so afraid to actually kill off a character. Well, I used to think it was that too. But I've been thinking about it a lot, and I'm like, I don't know if it's that they're afraid or that the essence of it is that it does not end. And what really got me thinking about it was that the Nerd Rider this week, mm-hmm. uh, and if you guys don't watch the Nerd Rider, it is a great, great YouTube it's uh, series. It's one of the best out there, yeah. Yeah, there's just so much insight and content every week. But this week's was about the sub the subgenre of the entertainment world, like TV shows, movies, uh, etc. That is serialism, and serialism is the ongoing adventures of, or adventures or drama of uh, a, like a series of characters. Um, like Indiana Jones is a really good example. Like Indiana Jones, just it's a never-ending world of adventures and. There, there is nothing that concludes there. And Star Wars is a really good example. It's like the world just keeps continuing, and it's defined by by that continuous nature. It's defined by large casts. It's defined by um, uh, passionate communities that determine the content. Um, like, and as I was watching it, I was like, "That's superhero movies. Like, that's exactly the world." Like. And the, oh, and the other thing is, is that serials build and build and build upon worlds. And I was like, this is exactly what superhero movies are. And as I was watching that, I realized that the essence of serialism is that it doesn't end. And I was like, maybe it's not that they're not afraid to kill them. Like, it might be to a certain degree, but I think it might be just the fact that it's like, this is just the ongoing adventure. You know what I mean? And... Yeah, and I do understand that. Um, I think, though, at a certain level, we want to see them die. For sure. And I know that I do. <clears throat> I do, too, because, I mean, it's more realistic. You know, it I is, think yeah. we can relate to that much more than... It's kind of the same thing when you think about um, Jesus. You know, it's hard to relate to this perfect being, um, you know, who never did anything wrong when we ourselves are, you know, this air quotes sinful ones and i think the same thing goes along with the superheroes because it's that kind of god complex it is we want to be able to relate to them and it's hard to relate to someone who has you know all the abilities in the world and can't get shot by a bullet um right so i don't remember why i said that (laughs) 
<laughs> well, you were talking about how like we want to see them die, and oh, to right. to echo that, the for any of these superhero movies, the truest the truest act of heroism is watching one of them give their lives. You know, like right. like they give Very everything to save the world. Yeah, just like Jesus Christ. Um, and that's, I mean, like, from a studio standpoint, I get it with The Dark Knight Rises. Like, they could never let Batman just be dead. But that movie would be so much more satisfying if Batman was dead at the end. I think so, too. Yep. Because... Or ambiguously dead. Exactly. Like, and Nolan does ambiguous, so it would be fine. But it's like, it just gives you a... It's such a cathartic experience you know like it just washes over you you're like that's i just saw heroism and nowadays none of our characters stay dead like uh yeah. another example would be edge of tomorrow with tom cruise and emily blunt like yeah. i i wanted him to be dead so badly at the end of that movie like i wanted him to be dead because it was so heroic and it was so profound and like, the character arc of Tom Cruise in that movie is so powerful because he is a full-on coward in the beginning, and he works himself up to, like, the greatest bravery. And I was like, that's beautiful. Like, he saved man, like, all of mankind. And he gets to live in the end. And I was like, all right, that's that's not, you know what I mean? Like, that's not what people want to see sometimes. Right. That being said, we're not the lowest common denominator, so it's... It does turn into, like, what's going to make most everybody happy. And, yeah. I don't know. Do you have anything to, to add to that? Um, no. I do, um, what you, you brought up a really interesting question, like, what comes next? Yeah. I do think that, um spirituality is in an interesting place in the world right now and i could definitely that's, see that's why i think because i think you know mm -hmm. we tell stories in order to try to understand our own thoughts and feelings and so i think with this right. kind of spiritual pull that is happening um a lot of more spiritual elements will um kind of be birthed from it as people are trying to figure out themselves they'll put that into their now absolutely I don't, now i don't know if it'll happen big budget wise for a while um, but definitely, I think in like the more indie world where they're not, um, where like the comp the big budget people aren't um, controlling what they can put out, because um, I I think it's a risk right now to do that. Um, big oh, for wise. sure, for sure, and and I would say that the end of the superhero genre is my prediction right now is fifteen years out or ten years out. I think ten is yeah. What I was I, that's what I was thinking too. More like. 2020 to 2025 yeah so so i don't think that you can make that movie now and it will be the summer blockbuster but no. you do bring up a really interesting point I, I would agree that like spirituality is at an interesting place and coming back to that invincibility i think that we're going to get back to vulnerable characters I like people so. people who like who get shot and they're down for like a scene you know like like they need to they need to get fixed up or something like that you know like um i i see more spirituality coming i see more mo returning to vulnerability yeah um you know what i think might end up killing it maybe not entirely but definitely a little bit is the superhero genre yeah 
I think I think that the return of Star Wars is going to be a huge effect because. But don't you consider that a superhero movie? I do, yeah, and I oh, con- okay. I consider Star Wars a serial as well. Like yeah. like they were saying in the Nerdwriter video, like this like Star Wars is very serialistic in the same way, but. Think about the difference in vulnerability yeah. of Star Wars, and not even, like, to get even more specific, the vulnerability of The Force Awakens and Rogue One compared to, like, what we've had of Star Wars in the past. Like, I think that this is, like, this is a return to uh, a franchise that's been gone for a little while, and they're coming at it with this this new decade, this yeah. new generation of thoughts. They're, like, it's more vulnerable, it's less black and white, it's more... Um, it's dangerous. a step in the right direction it's, in regard to superhero is. movies. Yeah, and I think with this whole like a Star Wars movie a year thing, I think that people are going to start seeing them more and be like, that's what we want to see. We want to see people yep. who can get hurt and who still continue on. And it will probably change how Marvel continues to write their content, I think. Um, I'm sure they have their things like mapped out for a while, but I think that mm-hmm. they will try to almost mimic what the people want so that they can kind of stay. I think that they have smart enough people on their team where for sure they're seeing yeah. where, you know, what people are wanting to see in the content and, uh, they kind of work from there. But, um, yeah, sorry. My, I, nose, my nose is like really plugged up. So if I sound like a heaving person, it's cause I am. We also love you. Don't so worry. If you hear me deep breathing. Don't worry. I'm not dying. <laughs> He's just really excited about the conversations. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Um, I did read a... I don't know if you saw this quote on Slash Film about uh, a week ago, but Kevin Feige was talking... Like, somebody asked him I think if Marvel... Feige. Oh, really? Feige. I kind of like Feige better, though. I think it, it is do- Feige, yeah. Oh, wow. I Kevin think. Feige slash Feige. Um, Feige. he so that if you guys don't know he is he is he's the puppet master of the marvel universe like he's Uh he is the executive producer on every marvel film and he he is a part of i know right and you know what's really amazing uh that they also mentioned in this article was that he was developing he was developing the marvel cinematic universe before Marvel even had the rights back to their own properties. Like, he's been working at it for so long. And, like, before before Iron Man was even being uh, developed, it was like he was trying to figure out what they were going to do wow. uh, on, like, a really large scale, like exactly what we're seeing right now. And I was like, that's really admirable. Like, he's really seeing this thing out. But also, what... Um, which is one, one more quick thought, and you can okay. jump. Um what what also i kind of i kind of respected and appreciated uh he said when someone asked him like will marvel ever t- have dark movies like every time we've thought it was going to be a dark movie it wasn't a dark movie i'm looking at you iron man 3 <laughs> oh. um Bye. and he was like honestly no like that's not what we're about we're not going to make dark movies because marvel is a very it's a very bright a very funny a very positive look on superheroes on the world etc and i was like i kind of i'm kind of okay with it now like i kind of understand it a little bit more you know yeah, it's not i'm i i understand it but i i don't think it's a great decision um the, th- and I... the thing is is if there's just a little bit of that in the market it's like i'm glad but it the fact that it is everything 
in the market. That's why I think I'm annoyed by it as well. Um, and I think that's probably where DC will, you know, pick up the slack because I think they're going for a more darker uh, superhero universe where Marvel is more that upbeat. Right. Um, it's almost by default like they had to go super dark. Right. Because Marvel makes like four movies a year and it's right. like, all right, well, if they are just ruling in the bright areas, we kind of have to just be overtly dark. Like we're purposefully just yeah. trying to be more dark than we are. Like that quote from Gail Gabbett or however you say her name, the girl uh-huh. playing Wonder Woman. She was like, yeah, Wonder Woman's funny, but it's mostly just really dark. I, was, <laughs> I saw that too. Yeah, I don't know I, if I really I believe her, but um... – Honestly, if it wasn't, it would it fit in the universe, you know? Like, after the first two movies in the canon that we have now. Yeah, I guess it will be interesting to see kind of what the tone is. Because I feel like hers is yeah. probably one of the first, besides Superman, or Man of Steel. Um, mm-hmm. It's the first one that's a solo, and I, I am interested to see how it goes. Um, but I yeah. wanted to talk about how, you know, you were saying that, you know, after 9-11, we saw the superhero genre kind of increase. Right. I think a lot of it, though, was waiting for technology to catch up. I mean, we've only really had technology good enough to have good superhero movies mm. for probably the last 10, 15 years. Um, good, good point, actually. Yeah. You know, we couldn't have that in the 90s, and that's probably... It's not where the first Fantastic Four fell short, but I mean, it was the, that was definitely the first one where we saw the potential for superhero movies. And That's a really um, good point. I and, just thought of the... that as you were talking. That's a yeah. That's a really solid point. And if you look back on movies for the past, um, really just the past 150 years, if that, like, it's such a young medium. It's so young. Oh, can you it's, imagine what it'll be like in a right, hundred years? Right. Like, I mean, look I'm at music and painting, and <laughs> and you look at poetry. You're like, these things have been. These things are like old wines that are just aging so well. And Let's I pop love that cork. I love what you're saying because it's like we discovered something and then we made we made new Star Wars movies, we made Lord of the Rings, we yeah. made Marvel movies. Like we just used the hell out of it because we just we're we so just excited. Found it. Yeah, yeah, we're just excited about it's it. The gold. And then and then it yeah, and then it it ages a little bit and it gets a little more um pure, refined. a little more refined, that's a perfect word, and then we find another way to use it. And I'm so excited for what movies will be in the next five, even five years. Um, wow, that's like right down the road, literally. I know, but I think it'll keep <laughs> growing. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, like, imagine the movies we're going to be seeing when you and I are, like, senior citizens. Like, we're probably going to be have, having conversations about them, like, did we really think it was going to go here? Like, right. this is crazy. It's so different. And I know for a fact it's going to be different because it's just... But it's I, a, yeah. such an evolving totally uh, median. Yeah. That's yeah, that's it's really exciting. It is exciting. And when you think about it like that, it's not it's uh it's not surprising that the last 15 years have been very superhero heavy. It's also really crazy to think that it's been like 15 years now since since <laughs> the the fad started. I love the- seeing these like uh BuzzFeed things where they're like um, when you say 10 years ago, people think it's uh, 2000, <laughs> but really 10 years ago was 2006. Did you ever see those? Yeah. I, I always not, think 10 years I, ago is 2000. I have not, but I totally, I'm right there with you. I ditto that so hard. Like that is how, you know? 
Like, it's what, nuts. What is time? How did that even happen? What is life? Um, that also being said, um, me personally, I'm at a point where it's gonna take a lot for me to get excited about a superhero movie. See, you know what I mean? I, yeah, it doesn't take much for me. Um, yeah, I think that is also a reason why I would never have made it in the film industry. Um, is I don't have that quality. You know, I, I think I get... I don't even know how to really to describe it. Um, hmm. I'm going to give you some time to think about that because I, I'm very interested in what you're going to say. So just keep thinking. Just, yeah, I'll just... I'll ponder that. I think it just came out in my <laughs> sickness. It's one of my sick dreams. Uh... Um, I... Yeah, we'll come back to that. I'll sorry to okay. tease, sorry to tease guys, but like literally feel free to interrupt at any moment yeah. for that thought because I'm I'm all about whatever you're about to say. I was like this sounds like it's going to be real good. Ooh. I you know what? You know what was really interesting? Um the the trailer for X-Men Apocalypse, like the most recent one. I saw it before Hardcore Henry and seeing it on the big screen made it better. You like, know, I, I had the exact same thought. I saw it. Really? Yes. That's interesting. And everyone I went with said the same thing. They were like, yes. this, this is so much better on big screen. There's still several shots where I'm like, ugh, too much. But uh, I do think it was much better on this the bigger screen. And with, like, the sound quality, it kind of puts it all. Exactly. It, it actually sold it a little bit better. And that made me really happy because, I you know, I'm not excited for Apocalypse, but I'm trying to be. Like, I want to be. <laughs> You know, I, I just had a thought. excited about it. Go for it. We are also getting into an era of apocalypse, which is a spiritual thing. You know what we've I mean? Been, I, I want to say we've been there for a while, but we're also think talking it, about an early genre. So never mind. We really have not been there for a while. But I think that will be a transition into those spiritual things. Because I was just thinking, apoc- like with zombies, zombies is apocalypse. Granted, mm-hmm. it's zombies is its genre in itself, but it really signifies, you know, the end of human nature as we know it um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting interesting it, that makes me wish that um there was a just a slightly deeper spiritual side to the walking dead oh, just because it is I'm such so a frustrated with it and i was talking with my my roommate about it and i was like you know what was something uh, gave me anxiety while i watched the walking dead that i just could never really get over was just the morbidness of they're all going to die because there, there's nothing, you know. Like they're literally just a time bomb. Like there, there is no salvation coming. There is no like the zombies are all gone moment. You know what I mean? Like it's just right. But they're always working towards finding that. You know, either finding a they haven't talked about it in a while, but you know, finding the cure to right. whatever it is, and they're kind of always looking for you know that sanctuary. Um, but yeah, I get what you mean. You're not the first person to say that type of really? thing about yeah, the Walking it's, Dead. It's just um, like the hopelessness is like so apparent to me. I'm like, they will never have peace and they will never live happy. See, and... I never think that way about shows. Like I never go that in depth. I don't think I connect that way to characters in a sense where like, I think so much about how hopeless it is. I don't know. Well, I I just don't I don't watch things like that. So 
Which and is, I, well, go ahead. I was just going to say, which is interesting, because that seems like something I would do. Right, that is absolutely something that you would do. <laughs> yeah, it's it hopeless uh, for everyone. Yeah, you're like, I'm getting a little carried away in my thoughts right now. Somebody come save me. <laughs> uh, but... And I think the reason why I think about it a lot is because it is long form. Like, if I'm watching a zombie movie, I don't think about it because it's just like, it's an action movie, you know, yeah, and it's like, and they just get to the end of their mission usually and the movie's over. But you're watching The Walking Dead and the and the show is so much about trying to find a place in the world, you know? Right. It's like trying to find a place without chaos. And I just watch it and I'm like, that's impossible, like... There's literally death and evil and destruction, or at least the symbols of it, all around you in that show, and it's, it kind of just gives me anxiety to think about it. Like if I if I sit down and watch a lot of it. See, I would love to live in a this this is gonna sound very weird, but I would love to live in a world where that existed, where zombies existed, and not we were... necessarily zombies, but to the point where we, like I, we were survivors. Kind of in a sense, where like I think that one of the most devastating parts of our society now is the fact that we're always connected to everything and that, you know, I mean, mm. the fact that there's, you know, satellites always, you know, watching everything. There's, there's always like an eye on you and there's always that media. There's always the phone connection. And I want to live in a world where that doesn't exist and mm. to where the only thing that is real is the person in front of you. Um, mm-hmm. And, the moment that you currently have. Right. Yeah. And, the, and the thing is, like, it's never going to happen. <laughs> I mean, there could be a time where, like, literally all, like, whatever the Wi-Fi, all that stuff is connected to. I could s see that happening someday where, like, there's this devastation where we can't, you know, use Wi-Fi. We can't connect to our cell phones. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, I definitely long for that, I think. Kind of like that show that uh, John Favreau produced, the one about the power going out. What show's that? Uh, it came out like two years ago, three years ago. It's called De. I can't remember. I want to say demolition. I know it's oh. not the word for it, but it's oh, something revolution. called revolution. Revolution. Yeah, I was like, it's something yes. like demolition. I... Yeah, so something like that, right? And I think that is also a genre that is kind of around right now as well. Right, it's um, kind of echoing, I'm an apocalyptic yes. uh, show, but I'm not exactly that. So but, yeah. but I think that uh, apocalyptically speaking, you can go in so many different directions, like you got Revolution, and then you got Walking Dead, uh -huh. and then you got like The Leftovers, you know, it's just people yes. doing Love The, the Apocalypse. I never got into it. I just watched the pilot, but I kind of want to try more. Just You should. I mean, it's definitely one that you have to get used to. That's um, what I keep hearing. This new yeah. season, the second season, it's been over for a while now. It was creme de la creme. <laughs> and they're only doing one more season. With some sound. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, and so that's what I appreciate about that series in general. is because that is one that could always keep going, I think. But I right. like that they're cutting it off. <laughs> Because sometimes right. shows just don't know when to stop, Supernatural. and um, Well, you know, coming back to that serialism thing, like Supernatural is a serial, and The Leftovers is like, we are not that. We do not want to go forever. Our, we know our story. Right. But the thing about Supernatural is they, they've said several times that the like season 10 is going to be the end, season 11 is going to be the end, and right. then they and always renew it. 
Yeah, that's annoying. Um, They're like, well, technically it was the end until the contracts were updated. You're like, yeah, get out of here. You suck. Get out of my face. Get out of my face. It's like Jon Snow's dead, right? Oh, sure he's dead. Also, that's next week. <laughs> One week from today. One week from today, we will be watching Game of Thrones. I'm literally going to be watching live. Literally. I don't know if I'll be Maybe I'll live tweet. Maybe I'll try. Ooh. How are you going to hide those tweets? What do you mean hide them? Like, what if people see them and they go, <gasps> Well, I'm not going to like... Oh, I guess you're right. I never you know? do spoilers, though, when I... But I guess if you say characters... Dang it. Yeah, even if you say, like, oh, Daenerys is really showing them who's boss, you know? Like, even that's kind of a spoiler. It's like, oh, Daenerys gets retribution in the first episode. Okay, I won't do it. You convinced me. Maybe I read too hard into things, though. (laughs) No, you're right. It's hard, you know? Because you just, you want to be a part of the community with the things like that, and it's just, it kind of helps that. Hopefully, I I would love if, like, people who listen to our podcast and watch game of thrones like communicated to us about game of thrones you know just because yeah. the joy of the show is the community right it's they should it's, have like a thing on twitter where it's almost like a chat room but it needs oh, to be yep, a little yep. different but where you can like go into a place where people are also watching and live tweeting and then you yeah, can kind yeah, of yeah. just you know tweet and you know be in that group together and watch together um right or i wish there was like a, a certain I, some sort of mechanism like a hashtag that just yeah went to certain people like if they wanted to see it or like I it know. just hit it from other people who are like oh i don't want to see hashtags about this it's or like you can put on your twitter like you know john is live tweeting game of thrones and you have to click on it to see the tweets. oh i love it i love it yeah i, I need to work for twitter twitter you listening you, you know listening? they're not <laughs> Twitter. Get back at me. I need to stop. We'll talk about it later. Twit. Okay, let's move on. You call me. Girl, I'll be waiting. I'll be on the phone. Yeah, I just I I love talking I love talking about the this, superhero. This has genre been such a good conversation. It's it's it becomes more fascinating the more I learn about where people stand on it and the more as like, you know, trailers like Doctor Strange come out and the more you read just, into like, the essence of it, it's I just, just... had like a very weird feeling come over me about. Oh, you want to talk about it? I don't know. It was That's like a... almost like a hopeful type of feeling for storytelling, and I don't know if it was hopeful for myself or for the genre in general. But I just had like a very, like I got giddy and excited about what the future may hold for storytelling. Oh yeah, not, yeah, not yeah, even, yeah. Not even just superhero genres, but storytelling in general is just so powerful. And I think the most powerful, yeah. at least, I would say one of the most powerful, and for the most people, is the visual side of it. I know for some people it's music, some is you know poetry or books, but I think the majority of people, if they had to take a poll, they would say that movies and TV shows were the most impactful type of storytelling because it incorporates you know music it incorporates you know visuals and characters and yeah sorry i just went on a tangent but i just like felt the feeling from the the, whatever spirit that was i totally i totally agree with you i mean we're we're at an exciting place for those things and which 
actually, it's, this is such a great lead-in to what I wanted to actually talk to you about and bring up to you. Oh, yeah. Go for okay. it. So we, Do it. I think we've even talked about this on the, on the show before, but we, me and you, have talked about how we like can't get into a rhythm when it comes to writing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that we have trouble kind of setting out certain amount of times to write. Um, and so something that I want to do and I wanted you to also do so that we can do it together. Um, <laughs> I was only, and I'm only going to set 30 minutes in the morning from the moment I wake up and I'm just going to set 30 minutes where I don't necessarily have to write, but be in the kind of the storytelling mindset and it could involve you know writing or it could involve you know summary or character development but just giving myself 30 minutes in the morning before I Mm. do work before I you know because what I get caught up in is I always want to like catch up on my shows Um, Mm -hmm. but you wouldn't watch this in the morning I see what you're doing right but so I know that if I start my morning which I do always start by watching something I never get away from it before I have to go to work so if right. I start the first thing I do and just give myself 30 minutes, cause I can do 30 minutes and then exactly. if it goes longer, it goes longer. But you know, I have to sit for 30 minutes in the quiet and really just focus on the story. Cause I think that is where I go wrong. Um, is that I, I right. have trouble setting time. So I wanted to know if you wanted to do that too. And then, cause we've talked about being writing accountability partners before, but really doing right. this. Yeah, I mean, God, that sounds so hard, honestly. But it's like, only thirty minutes. You know what I well, mean? Well, yeah. In my and problem, we all have thirty like, minutes. You're right. You're right. My biggest problem is I think I just need to sleep more because when I wake up, it is so hard for me to move. Like I'm so tired. But I'm at this like weird dilemma where like I people are probably gonna think I'm weird, but I really hate sleeping. Like Girl, it feels like a large. <laughs> It feels like just a large waste of my time sometimes. I'm like, sure. if I didn't have to sleep, I could be doing so much. And then I end up staying up too late because I want to do more. And then I end up sleeping and I can't wake up when I have to get up. So, Well, that may, this may be a good opportunity for you to kind of put them aside it. those things at night that you think you're going to – that you want to get done. It. And if you go to yeah. bed during that time and then wake up earlier, also the room I was just in – the light was on a timer. It just went off. I am now in the darkness. Anyways, let's continue. <laughs> Literally, um, I was about to move across the room and go turn the light on. That's so funny. Anyway, so literally now I'm sitting in the darkness. But, um, <laughs> in I, the I have dark. to continue my thought. Um, I think it would be good for you, and I think it would be good for me. So I'm encouraging you to do it because I know we both kind of want that in our lives, and it's hard for us to find that time. Absolutely, yeah. So just 30 I mean, minutes. I mean, let's do it. Let's do it. And we'll report back next week. Okay. I'm going to start right now. Right now. And it starts right now. It's, um, I think. Did you not get the reference? I did, but I had to say my thought before I forget it. I get your reference. (laughs) That was a good one. I'm going to turn the light. (laughs) Um, I think one of the hardest lessons I've had to learn with adulthood is time management because. The, the really hard part, at least for me, is that there were, something will always fill the time. Like, it won't totally. it will be a lot. Like, I don't have a lot of free time in my life. Like, things just invade it. 
And then I'm like, well, I can't write this week because I had a social outing every day of the week. You know what I mean? Like for last right. week, for example. And then I'm like. But that's the good thing about mornings is exactly. the mornings. It's your time. That's that's really true. Um, and I also but, just had. Oh, sorry. Keep going. You finish. Just, I was just going to say, like, just in general, it's really hard to, like, to really use your time wisely. Like, that is a very hard lesson to learn, I think. It totally is. And I think that the scary part is, is it's very easy to get in a routine that lasts for years. Exactly. You know what I mean? And it's exactly. super comfortable to just stay in that. And that's what I do. Because I... Right. It's what I enjoy, so... Um, and, time, and time flies by so fast that... It really does. You you really could. You could say that you were going to change when you wanted to change and do things when you wanted to do them, but your life really does get away from you and you just keep... Nothing's going to slow down. Honestly, it just feels faster all the time. So right. you just... You have to act on on this moment now, you know? Like we were saying, you have to just be in the now. Like, do what you got to do now. Like... Right. Turn off that Wi-Fi. Turn off that Wi-Fi. And tune in to Hello and the Do. Hey. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, gal. Hey. <laughs> um, one thing really quick, and then I think we should move on. Um, okay. One thing I heard, I don't even remember where, if it was a podcast, maybe it was Pete Holmes. I'll just give credit to Pete Holmes. It probably wasn't him, but. Oh, my um, God. Literally, the next thing I'm going to say is from Pete Holmes. This is he, so great. He everywhere. Um everywhere i heard someone was saying that like um when it comes to writing um for and i relate to this so i'll say it from my perspective what happens is with my type of temperament and my anxiety it comes from telling narratives in my head to myself over and over again so like i'll um, think about either something I have to do later and think about a conversation I have to have later and I'll just play it in my head over and over again to kind of get that control. Yeah, um, yeah. And they were saying that, you know, with people that do that, you are all, you're narrating so much in your mind that when it comes to actually shutting your mind off and actually writing a different narrative, you're too tired because you're really, you're writing narratives all day in your head. And so then when it actually comes to writing something that is... down, it's like... I've been doing this all day. Like I don't. Yeah. Um, and I know that's, that's definitely what happens to me. And it happens even with when I want to write, I think about what I want to write so much that then when it actually comes to writing it down, I'm like, well, I've thought of this a thousand times already. I don't want to actually write it down. Um, yeah. But anyways, what was your thought? There's, I mean, there's so much validity in that. I don't do it to the degree that you do it, but I still, I still have so many concepts and so many stories that they're not completely flushed out, but there's there's a large majority of it that's already in my mind, and it's like... And we have to give it time, and it kind of goes back to big magic. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we have to give... I, I still like to think of ideas as, you know, those entities, and we have to give those enti entities I do too. that time, otherwise they're going to leave us, and I cannot have another idea leave me like they have in the past. Like, it's too painful. Um, yeah, and I'm just so sick of having them go away that I really need to like start I, now, or it's never going to happen, which would be really sad. Yeah, that that resonates with me, and I I like to think of it that way too. I see these I see these ideas I have for things, and I'm like, 
that I won't do them. Like it won't happen if I don't start doing them. Like I will I will lose passion. I will lose drive for them. I will I will forget about them. I should right. be acting on them now. And and I have thought like you were saying. I've thought about them so much that it's so hard to to just sit down and write it, right. which is very ironic. I feel, but it, it is. But it's but real. writing writing is a lot about unplugging. Like it's a lot about like breaking down boundaries and just like just springing everywhere like being very free thinking as a writer is is a huge part of it right like not getting caught up in everything that you've already thought about and not getting caught up on like the rest of anything outside of that moment like writing is a very now thing and it's hard because you know in your mind you have the entire well not maybe not the entire story but you have a lot more of the story and it takes so much less time to think of it than to write it down. And it I know does, for me, yeah. it's just frustrating because it's like, you know, I have the whole story in my head. It just takes so long to put it down on paper that it's almost it like does. I want to get to the end, but I'm only at the beginning and I have to get through the middle. Mm-hmm. But that that does resonate a lot. I figured it's... it would. That's how I wanted to bring it up to you, Boo. Yeah. I mean, something we say a lot on the podcast, though, like, it would be less beautiful if it was a quick thing, you know? Totally. Like, like when somebody finishes a screenplay or a book or a song, I'm always, like, so, I'm, like, enamored, you know? I'm just, like, that's amazing. Like, that's the greatest thing because I know how long it takes yeah to think of a song is not the same as how long it takes to make a song. Right. Like it takes so much time and it takes so much commitment to this dream that you have. Like even mm-hmm. on a small scale, like one song, you have to just keep going at it to perfect a song. And the thing and is we'll never get better if we don't practice. And that's exactly. also so something I just... think of too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We can't expect to get better if we're like just sitting. Exactly. Yeah. Did you have a even pe- people? Who, even people who love writing are like, yeah, yeah. writing's really hard, and it's That's very what I hard for about me to do. How um, honest and raw Elizabeth Gilbert was in Big Magic mm-hmm. is like she said that she was mm-hmm. like, you know, sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes it flows out of you, and sometimes it's literally like, you know, stepping it's... on nails. You know, but you have to keep yeah. doing it, otherwise. And uh, it's... what was your oh. <laughs> And well, and it's literally, I'll say it right after this. <laughs> it's like... literally, um, it's literally 50, 50. Like you, sh- as a writer, I think you have to be okay with, you know, half the percent of the time, this is going to be really difficult. Right. And if you're okay with that, then maybe you are a writer, you know, because yeah. if, if you're okay with like the struggle of it, um, you're, you, you might be made for it. It might right. be you might be made for it but i mean it is a it's a great reflection of life in general i think a lot of art is a great re- reject or not I rejection reflection it's a reflection you know of of all of life and i think yeah. that i think that you know getting to the end of any of these types of things that we're talking about i mean if i sat down and i wrote and it was just fun and easy I wouldn't feel as fulfilled and people wouldn't be as respectful of my work. Precisely. Yeah. You know, like it's not even just about me. It's like when I, when I see someone has done something, 
like I was saying, and I understand everything that has to happen for them to do that. Like, I know it was not easy for them to do all those things. It just, everything becomes more more passionate and more valuable for that. Yeah. What I was going to say was, yes. um, I think that this deeply applies to both of us, and I just had to share it. You already know it, because it's the the Pete Holmes episode that I brought up at the beginning of the episode. They were talking about being creative and uh, being writers or doing anything creative. They were saying, um, I think I think Pete says it, and then the other guy, Eric, I think was his name, like echoes it. He's like, oh yeah, absolutely. But he said, nothing feels better than saying something. And I was like, oh, that's so good. Like, that's yeah. so simple, and that's so good. And that's why we started this podcast. It's like... Definitely. I don't, I don't care if anybody is listening to me in this moment, but I have to say things. Like, I have to, I have to think them with my mouth, you know? Yeah. Like, they can't just stay in my head. The same with writing. It's like, I can't just think it in my head. I need to think it with my fingers. Like, it just needs right. to come out of me. And, <clears throat> and I was like, that's so real. That's so true. Mm-hmm. And, and they were just talking about, like, that, uh, that burning fire you get sometimes where you're like, I need to say something right now about this one thing. Like, it needs to come out of my mouth. I need to, like, speak it. I need to write it. And I just really liked that a lot. Yeah. You know? Um, should we move into our fun spiritual topic? We should. Um, I would like to, before we go into it, I just, I want to come back to the, the sound thing that we were talking about last week because I couldn't stop thinking about sound? it. And I thought of, like, yeah, so last week we were talking about how oh. how important song was yes. to spirituality, uh-huh. and I can't let it go, and I have a few more thoughts, and I just want to throw them out, okay? Um, because it just keeps like ringing around in my head, and I was like, I have to say like a few more things. This is just so it's so beautiful, and I say sound because I br- I was started breaking it down even further. I was like songs songs resonate songs echo around inside of our souls mm-hmm. but then i was like but but songs are sound and sound is so powerful in existence in a way that most people underestimate like um for starters if you are um uh, a religious person like a a christian religious person um we're created by sound like sound is God, God speaks mankind into existence, and I really think that that's beautiful. I think it captures the power of like sound waves. That, that there is nothing that we come from ground, but the reason why any of it happens is because of words that are said. And I was like, wow! Like one of my friends said that, and what he was talking about when he referenced that was that he's actually talking about forgiveness, and he was like. You can forgive someone a hundred times in your mind, but actually trying to say the words and to speak them in a in a like uh, continuous manner, like to come back to them and to say them, is very powerful because it is sound that uh, sound is like thoughts resonating in your body. Um, so to actually, if you were to wrong me, and I would say in my mind like, well, I forgive John. It actually has a lot of power. I believe it does. It has a lot of power to say out loud, 
not to anybody in particular, but I could just be sitting in my room the way I am right now and say, I forgive John. And that is a very, it's a very powerful technique. Um, and um, I think it's just, I when people say things, you know, spiritually speaking, like, your love is a song speaking of God's love, or when people say, like, uh, this song we sing all the time in church is like, um, how does it go? These, let me look it up real quick. I have it on my phone. It's, um, our, something like our hearts will cry out and these bones will sing. Like a, a line like that, these bones will sing. Like things like that make sense now a little bit more. I'm like, there, there's a certain manifestation of spirituality that happens by singing out or even coming to meditation and you know they say there's a lot of power in saying om like it's a very uh-huh. important thing to do and now it like it's just making more sense to me i'm like there's there is something about the the reverberation like of your your body that is in correspondence with your thoughts and and even thinking about the, the the dry bones in the desert or the fields, that one moment in the Bible that I do remember very vaguely. Um, like like God giving life to those things because he speaks into it. Like, I just think that that's such a cool thing. And I just keep, I just keep um, pondering. I just keep pondering it over and over again. And it's just, it just feels, it's so cool. Every time I think about it, I'm like, sound is like such a, such an incredible thing. And the more that I think about it, the more that I have discussions about it, the more I'm like, this is an incredibly important thing in life that uh, deserves my attention, you know? Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. That was great. I just, yeah, it's just so cool. And I just had to, it just... Like I said, it's been going around in my head a lot, and I was like, I have to say something else about this. It's you have so to say it, right? Beautiful. You have to get exactly. It out there. Exactly. Yeah. If only this is the first time I was talking about it, I would probably just be sighing over here in like joy. I'd be like, Oh my god, I feel so good. <laughs> um. So our spiritual topic. Um, and you're talking about what I texted you about earlier, right? Yeah. Of course. Okay. So let me. Let me give the backstory to that. Om. Om. Gosh, I just cracked myself up. Keep yeah, going. you do. Sometimes I laugh too. Sometimes your jokes are so Some, effective. Sometimes. <laughs> no, you, you laugh at my jokes quite a bit now. I do, yeah. That's just because I'm we so were funny. In laughing, we were in a laughing fit before we started this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we I, I definitely laugh at your jokes. It, it uh, was Giggle City, population two. Me and you. <laughs> Anyways, uh, um, so I was listening to Rob Bell's podcast yesterday, uh-huh. and I don't know if you've listened to this one, but he had uh, Diane Butler Bass on. Did you listen to this one? It's called Grounded. Was this the most recent one? No, no, no. It's a few weeks ago. Uh, I don't believe so, no. Okay. So at the very – the whole podcast is about um, the breakdown of three-tiered language. And three-tier, for people who don't know, is um, the divine, the greatness, the heavenly is above us, and then there's us, and then below us is the bad stuff, where we don't want to be. 
and that's the way that religion has been for a very long time. Um, like in the podcast, they talk about like steeples and chapels and cathedrals. They point up. Like everything is so yes. up centered. It's yeah. like we and the, um, and they talk about hymns and the. Go ahead. What do you What do you got? What's funny? Well, P. P. Holmes had a joke kind of about that. Oh my God! Tell it. Tell it. Well, I. It's you, you kind of. Yeah. He was pretty much saying like, you know, isn't it weird that like whenever people accept awards, they thank God and they point up. And then he's like, but if you think about it, the sky is like up is so relative because our earth mm-hmm. is like always changing. So he's like, you know, if I ever get an award, I want to be that one guy that, you know, says, I, I want to thank the Lord. And then he points like over to the left <laughs> instead of pointing up. <laughs> That's it, um, though. I know. That's such a good joke. I love it. You like, have to see him do it because he his whole right? all of his mannerisms and um, yeah, he's, it's so he's true. It's like we have this we have this weird concept that like. Well, why don't you finish? Because whatever. Well, yeah, like you're saying, we have this weird concept, but like they're talking about in the podcast, it's slowly breaking down. We're not, we're not singing the, we're not always singing the hymns about looking up and saying things to the higher above us. Things. It's not always that language now. We're we're getting somewhere new. We're getting somewhere more personal, and um. And uh, the woman on, Diane, she talks about like a Gallup poll last year said that religion is at an incredibly low place right now. Like religion's a lot lower than it's been in the past few years. And people like that was she was like, that was the headline. People were like, oh, my God, religion is way on the decline. Like that's where we're headed. And she was like, but if you look closer into the poll almost 70% of the population said that within the last week they were they had a spiritual encounter yes. they had something happen in their life that was that felt like higher purpose that felt like existence beyond the one that we're living and she was like so yes religion might be on the decline but mysticism is constantly growing yes, like people is. Yeah, right? And I was like, John's going to love this if he hasn't listened to it yes, yet. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yes, as I was listening to that. I was like, that's so true. And she was and she was saying that and you know, I'm I'm just thinking about how much that means and she's continuing to talk. And then I thought what I texted you earlier today. I was like, what is God in a thousand years if religion continues to drop and mysticism continues to rise and we don't think about God as someone way up above us we think about god is right here in the world all around us within us um and they were talking about things that will continue continue to to bring that to people or maybe i just thought about this i don't know. oh well i was reading maybe it was okay it was the podcast or it was blue like jazz i can't remember but they talked about how um i think it was the podcast actually but they talk about how we keep looking further into the universe yeah. And we're like, dang, that's not the end. And we look a little bit further and we're like, dang, dang. that's not the end. Damn, Daniel. And that's not the end. Yeah, damn, Daniel, more universe. So we keep discovering that there's more and there's more and there's more. And now people are saying, well, what if the universe doesn't end? What if it just keeps going? Right. Like, well, I mean, and, they say and my it's body constantly is just... expanding. Right. I don't, I don't know how they, they know that, but that's what they say and it makes sense. Right. And that that is that's a huge part of breaking down three tier language because 
back when that started, people hadn't looked into space. It was like, maybe it is above us. Like, maybe right. it is just out of our reach. And now, as we, like, look further and further out, we're like, I don't know that you can find the end. And that is profound and divine in mm -hmm. itself. It's like, yeah, that's uh, amazing. Um, and this is what frustrates me, is that, like, we can talk about the universe in this mysterious way of how it is always expanding and we, like, know so little but yet we can talk about God and define him in such a way that we, you know, say that we understand him. But we can talk right. about the universe in a way that is, you know, always expanding. And that's what frustrates me is like, to me, in, in my experience, God is like the universe in that way. He's constantly right, right. expanding. We cannot even fathom how big God is or, and he's just so mysterious. So like, why... Do we keep putting limitations on him with language that we've created? And oh, I'm sorry to bring well, it back to that. But that that's, <laughs> I have to voice I have to, as we're talking about sounds. I have to voice my frustrations. Absolutely, um, yeah. Be, and because I think that's the problem with religion. I think that's why a lot of people are kind of moving away from it. Is people just aren't connecting to religion in the same way that they have in the past? Because religion yeah. is pretty. You know, I don't want to use the word stagnant because that has a negative connotation, but it really doesn't change. It's been the right. same now. It looks a little different, but it's been the same now that it was in the past, you know, and it's not going anywhere. And the people, we as a people are always evolving and moving forward and the church is not. And I think that's why people like me and people of our generation are like, well, why aren't you evolving with us? And why aren't you, you know, discussing mm -hmm. with us and... Um, mm -hmm. And I, I, were you done with your thought? Well, just to, to add on to what you were going to say, um, I, I feel the same thing, but I, I have a really hopeful feeling about it all because I think that the world, the universe, all of this is echoing God, like you were saying. Yeah. And by finding that the universe doesn't end, I think that it echoes back to spirituality. And I think Definitely. that, you know, like as people keep looking and they find out that, Huh, maybe I don't understand everything about the world. Maybe everything is not as pinned down and straightforward and concrete as I once thought it was. Maybe God is not such a definable being. Yeah. And that, like, wherever I read it or heard it, I think it was the Robcast. <laughs> I was like, that's that's so true. Uh, like, we like you've brought it up, and I totally believe it. You know, like the world reminds us of god like yeah it reminds us of a creator and sure. and whenever you um whenever you find something like that like er things are not tangible they're not attainable they're like they're so mysterious it's like that's the god i believe in yeah that's definitely the god i want to believe in the one that is so like yeah. the one that is always expanding and the one that is so mysterious and undefinable i mean if God, if there is a God like that, don't we want him to be something we can't fathom? Yeah. And I know some people probably think we that's do. scary. And I think, you know, as humans, we really, really want to have answers. But I mean, I find it so cool that we don't. Like the one thing in this world we really cannot ever find answers to and that we don't have answers to is who God is. And I know people will probably say the Bible, but I really like, I don't want to 
have that in this conversation, honestly, because um, mm-hmm. I feel like the Bible puts, oh, this is going to sound really bad against the Bible, and I don't mean for it to, but the Bible gives us language for an undefinable God and therefore like limits how we see God. And that's also what frustrates me about it is, you know, when we put language to something, we essentially define it. And when we define it, we limit it to what it is. You know, we, we see a tree and we label it a tree that this is not going to make any sense, but you know, (laughs) I've heard a lot of times in different podcasts, like we don't see the world as this incredible mysterious thing because we've labeled everything. You know, we see trees exactly. and we're like that's a tree. We see a car, we're like that's a car. Where if we can look at anything without a label and just be like, you know, this is a thing coming out of the ground and not label it, it becomes so much more beautiful and something that we don't just look past. We see it because we don't know what it is. We don't have a label for it. And that's the same thing I want to for God. You know, we've labeled God and so we just look past it cuz it's normal. Um, and I want a God that is so mysterious and so beautiful that I have to, my gaze has to stop and be like, what is exactly. this? And I never exactly. want it to be this thing where I just walk past because I see it all the time. And that's what religion is to me. And that's what's sad for me. And this is all my experience. And I know people have different experiences. And but... Well, I, I just keep thinking about... Um... I was I was reading some more of uh, Blue Like Jazz this week, and it was talking about how how all of these amazing things stop you in your tracks, and you can't you can't even fully wrap your mind around it. And um, I'm only going to bring this up quickly. Like I know you don't want to talk about the Bible a ton, but what he what Don Miller says that I really loved is like, what if this was the fear god thing that the bible keeps talking about what if this is what he means what because this? it's well it's it's this like stops you in your tracks it's this like you can't control it you can't fully understand it it's beyond you and like you were saying it's like that's a little scary that's that's really insane mm-hmm. and he's like what if that's what if that's what he meant and you just maybe we just have it all wrong wait I, and i'm confused so the, what maybe was, that's what that maybe that's what the Bible means when it says you know like it says fear God a lot you know, and it's oh and and they use that language like the fear the fear of God and I yeah I've never liked that language in the Bible right right um, and I str- I struggle with that a lot too and but it did it it was very interesting of him to bring it up and and I I kind of like it you know like I think that there's a certain like uh awareness there's a certain like bigness but still still i mean the word fear is like it's just very it's a very strange phrase if it's any if it's anything um authentic i want it to be like this you know what i mean i want it to be like wow this is you can't explain any of this like this doesn't make any sense this is so big this is so huge and and i you know, I, I think I was most comfortable reading it that way than any other way I, I ever have. Yeah. But, like I said, it's still it's still just such a it's still a hard phrase. You know, fear the God, fear God, fear of God. Every time it says that. Yeah, I I definitely struggle with that, and it's not something I like only because I don't want to have. I I don't think we should fear 
a god at all. Right. Um, and that's really all I have to say about it. But, um, so, so what does God look like in a thousand years, you know? Yes. And it's, so I, I have a thought. Okay, go. Okay. So a few weeks ago, I, um, actually when I was in Nashville, I was with our friend Andrew and we went to a Barnes and Noble and I like mm-hmm. randomly came across this book for some reason it like got my attention and it was, it's called, it's a book about mythology, but the thing about it is it's kind of mythology, but depicted by different pictures and sculptures throughout history. Okay. And so like I had picked it out and I started looking through it and it was just so incredibly beautiful. <laughs> the pictures, like there's something about art that really like gets me. Um, mm. And so like it just had all these pictures of, you know, all the different mythologies of the past and, um, you know, different sculptures. And I, I really connect to mythology only because of the storytelling aspect. And, um, absolutely I feel like that we kind of talked about this before, like as humans, we really crave this control. And so we create, you know, a story that we can control when it comes to God. And that's kind of what I think mythology is. It's just these different stories that we've all created, um, to really help us understand something that we can't understand. Um, which is only natural, and I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, but the quote that was in the beginning, which I absolutely loved, where they it said, um, the religion of today is the mythology of tomorrow. Wow. Hold for silence. Is that not, like, A, the most beautiful thing, but also the most true thing? Because all of these different mythologies, like the Greek mythology... Um, there's, you know, different, um, Chinese, Japanese mythologies, all these mythologies, when they were a thing, they were the truth, essentially the religion of the time and what people, how people related to God. And now, you know, we've kind of evolved more and they've become mythology. And so this is not probably going to be a popular thing, but I think, you know, Christianity will kind of become this mythology in the future. Like the question was, what will God be like in a thousand years? I don't think the Christian religion will still be around in a thousand years. I definitely think it'll be among these other mythology things where we look back and be like, wow, like that's how people, you know, identified with God. And that's not to diminish it. I think it's very beautiful because I can look at all these different mythologies and be like, oh, like that is so cool. Like how, they constructed God and how they, um, you know, the imagery behind how powerful God is and, um, how creation came to be. Um, right. Yeah. So anyways, I just, I really like that quote. And when you said that you wanted to talk about that question, I was like, that's what I think in a thousand right. years, I think we'll, I think we'll evolve and I think we'll have a different, um, honestly, I think we'll have a different story as to how everything is, why it is. Um, I know that probably won't be popular, but... That's okay. I think that that's an incredibly interesting point. Like, these... All of these mythologies were the truth of the land. Like, everybody was like, this is what happened. This is how we're here. This is who we worship. This is who's taking care of us. And, And now we just look at them like like the stories that everybody was just telling and not like, I forget that they were the, the definite truth for those people. Like that was everything. It's, it's scary to me, 
honestly what you're saying. Like, I do think it would be beautiful, but it's also like so much of my life has been put into something that was was yeah, but... so definite, you know? It was so real. But but um it doesn't mean it's not real in a way. Exactly. You know? No. Yeah. It doesn't make it not real that it's not the way that people believe in a thousand years. Well, and here's the thing, like I was just watching this thing on Super Soul Sunday today and there was the, mm -hmm. this guy was on there and he he is uh, a Muslim. His wife was Christian, and he just wrote a book on Jesus. But essentially, he was saying, and which is true, is that all religions are really trying to answer the same question. Exactly. Which is, you know, who is God? Why are we here? Um, and I think, to me, I mean, and what he was saying as well is, you know, we're all kind of saying the same thing, but with different stories and different metaphors. And I don't think any of them are really necessarily wrong. It's just whatever you feel most peace. And he was saying like, um, he was talking about that he relates most to the, the Muslim culture and the Muslim religion, the story that it tells. Um, mm, and I think mm -hmm. that that's all that we're all doing. We're finding the story that makes the most sense to us. And that gives us the most peace. And I think that's why for me, like it's hard for me to say that anyone who is seeking God in any way is wrong with what they find. Um, because I think it's true. We're all just literally trying to figure out the exact same thing. And I think we should right. encourage each other, like whatever, whatever it is that you are finding, I think we should encourage it. So, well, um, something really interesting that, uh, Rob Bell was saying in his, in this episode that I was listening to was, um, in in the past um gosh like 100 years we we saw things like 911 to come back to that um we saw things like that happen we saw the holocaust happen we saw um all of world war 2 happen and and people and like in that moment atheism was really birthed and secularism was really birthed and he was like the reason why that happened was because people got to got to a place where it was like um this this old definition of god wasn't working like the way that people were thinking about god wasn't working because then you get to these moments you get to these moments where millions and millions and millions of jews across the world are like just off the planet in such a short period of time and you think to yourself like how could there possibly be a god right. like and that's such a valid question. I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah. But because that question is being brought up right now at this point in existence, and I'm not going to say it's never happened before, but it's been a long time before something like that shook the world, I think. Um, and then, you know, just I would say that 9-11 really did shake the world, too. Yeah. And I think that things like that, like you just can't understand the like how that could ever happen. And and things like that spur spur change people need to find god in a different lens because mm -hmm. it it's not it's not just like a uh who is god thing anymore it's like like where is he in this right um well, and i and i think that just all of that adds to a person like a personal experience 
in a way that it never had before. Like I'm glad you just used the word experience because this is the what I've been thinking about pretty much all week is um, I really this is also going to sound bad and I don't <laughs> like I don't necessarily want a biblical God in regards to like the Bible. Like I want an experiential God. Like for me, like, right. I need to believe in the God that I've experienced. I, I could read the Bible and hear what this God, um, has done for others and done for this world. But if I haven't experienced it, it's incredibly hard for me to put a lot of emphasis Amen. on it. And, I, <laughs> and so for me, like I want an, I want a God that I experience and that's the all, yeah. and that's honestly all I can base my faith on is what I've experienced and I think the exact same for every individual on earth and I do believe that people have different experiences than I and I think that they experience a different God than I because we relate so differently we are all so uniquely individual that we have to experience God differently and I mean even in the Christian culture you know, every Christian experiences God in different ways. Some people experience yeah. it through whatever the speaking in tongues we've talked about. Others have not. You know, it's just like I yeah I can only base it on my experience. And a lot of the God in the Bible I have not experienced. And that doesn't mean that I won't in the future. But right yeah. now I can only go off of what I've, what I've experienced. And <sighs> yeah. Well, and and what's so fascinating is that. Um, it wasn't like spirituality wasn't always about experience. Yeah. You know, that's a new concept. It is. Um, and this mysticism that is on the rise, this like people saying like, oh no, I've, I've experienced a spiritual divine, godly, whatever you want to call it. Like I've experienced it in the last week. Mm -hmm. Like things like that were not important or not talked about or not, um, we're not open to exp not open to happen in the way that they are now um like we're getting to a place now where it's like god has to be a god of experience to be real to us and and um here's the reason why i think it is because we are now in an age where we hear about all of the disaster all around the world where, exactly. be where before you would only hear about the things in your town or in your area but now your tribe yeah. we are on twitter and we see that there's an earthquake in ecuador and then we see that you know people are dying in you know saudi arabia or iraq and we are now at a point where we see so much disaster that we are demanding to know you know to know why this is happening you know there's so much that we need to have a reason behind it and I think that's yeah. probably why we're seeing this influx of, you know, I don't, we, that, that need to understand. That mysticism. Yeah. Cause there wasn't this much devastate. Well, there was, we just didn't know about it, but now we we're flooded with all the bad and it's like, how, well, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, if God does play a role in this, mm -hmm. how is he not stepping into all this bad? And I think that's where people are like, Hello. Knock knock. God, you there? Yeah, exactly. So. That's that's what's causing this huge redefining. Yeah. I think it's so it's so beautiful I think so that too. the more the more knowledge that we're gaining, the more that we we are able to know what's happening all around the world. The more the further we see 
into the universe, the more we learn in the sciences, mm -hmm. the more God is mystic. Yes. The more the the more the experience is not easy to put into words. Like so the more great. you Yeah, that's amazing. The more that you know, the more magical like God is. It's like that's you know, like the more you learn, you're like, that's not where God and, is. And it's I think something it's... different. It's something on like this soul level. Like you can't you can't just find it. You feel it. Right. And I think it's because, you know, we are gaining so much knowledge in every other area, but when it comes to yeah. God, we're still not finding anything out. Essentially, you know what I mean? Like we're finding so much more about the universe, but we're not finding any more out about God. And I think that's why it's so mysterious that we are. Yeah. We're, we're getting all of this new information on so many different things, but there's still that one mysterious part of what I think is like our souls. You know, it's just something yeah. we just can't find, which is cool. And I think that people will continue People for a while, I think, will try to will try to use the same way to define a god in this world for a while, but eventually, I think that maybe maybe it dies off, and people are like, "That's not that's not right. This is this is God." Well, and here's the thing: I mean, if God is undefinable, then God also evolves as well. And who's to say that you know what they find in the future the experience that they've had with god if it's not drastically different than the experience we have now you know with technology maybe there is a time oh, yeah. where we can tap into some type of divine thing which would change the entire course of how we view god i mean exactly you know truly they're always seeking like this god particle in the universe so that they can you know, uh -huh. figure out how we were created like think if they actually found that and found the core of that that would change how we experience God, and it wouldn't. It, it would just be the most amazing and beautiful thing if, if we found any sort of discovery like that, and it had just been so consistent and so constant and so the same since and I'm sure as long would, back as we could ever remember. You know, like that yeah. would just be the most ah oh, mind-boggling thing. Like it's it's always been here. It's it's always been the exact same. It feels dated. It's like yeah. like we can look back into somehow we could look back further and further and further and be like, Oh, there it is. There it is. It's, it's been here. It's been there. I don't know how, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I think with one answer to one question, there's going to be a hundred different questions that would come from it. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's like, yes, yep, if we yep. find the God particle, we may understand more of how our universe was created, but that would then, you know, make a billion different questions as to like, I don't even know what they would be. Cause we're not there yet, but we can't, yeah, we can't, but even there know. would be. And we're always, the thing with us as humans is we're always looking for the next thing to figure out. It's just exactly. what we do. So we're never going to exactly. figure out everything. There's going to be something else for us to move on to. And I think that that's kind of just kind of the core of who we are. We're always, yeah, good. No, I mean, that's really, that's what I think, you know, human life is. We're just here trying to figure it out. And I don't think we're ever going to figure it all out, but you know, I, I totally agree. I think that the people a thousand years ago and the people a thousand years from now are going to be the exact same as us yeah. on a like essential, on a on a low core level. Like we were all doing the same thing while we walked the earth. We were all trying to figure it out, like you said. Yeah. And I think that there's just there will be there will be this long string 
of the human existence that will be constant throughout. Like, it will have always been the same in its drive, in its essence, which I think is a beautiful mirror of God, you know? Like, in in two different ways, both of us, humans as a whole, and God as a whole, has always been the same. Yeah. You know, yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I just think that those two lines, like, those two lines just running through all of existence next to each other, I, I think that that's a really beautiful image. Yeah. Ooh. Good stuff. It's, it's great, yeah. I'm so... I feel like this is just a really hopeful episode. Like, I hope we're so. Just, I hope people aren't like frustrated by the fact that <laughs> we're never going to understand God. Um, but I, I honestly don't find it frustrating, which is weird. But, you know, the more mysterious God is to me, the more awesome. And yeah. I, he or she is. I, used to, I don't like using gender-specific things for God because I don't think God has a gender. Maybe scandalous, but I really don't. So. Ooh. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Why would God have a gender? I don't know. I got my own theories. Okay. We can talk about that <laughs> next time. Um, Jesus <laughs> had a gender. Honest. We can agree on that. Yeah. But yes. I, I don't think God is those type of uh, human qualities. But maybe it does. Maybe. Well, I mean, if you if you do believe in like several facets, like if you, if you believe in the Trinity... Um, I definitely believe in genders for God. Like he's not one God uh, or one gender. I think that he's both. Like oh, that's fine with me. I, th- I think that he's reflecting both genders. Uh, and I do, I do believe in a Trinity God. I do believe that there is a a creator version of God who is in sync with a a savior a savior um, uh, version of God who who takes care of humanity in that bridge kind of way. And then there is a, there's, there's that mystic magic, uh, nurturing kind of, kind of element of God. The Holy Spirit is, you know, I would call it. And I think that that's a very, a very feminine element of God. Um, can I say something? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, keep it short. Yeah, right. It's like time is a ticking. But, I mean, the Trinity is actually a really great example as to kind of how things are always changing because the Trinity... Oh, absolutely. The Trinity wasn't in the Christian language, I mean, a hundred years ago. That's something that's very new. Um, You have a great point there, yeah. And so, I mean, I think it just shows that literally everything is just always evolving. And that language, you know, different language comes in and out. And so that's why I think in a thousand years, we're going to have completely different language for things um, when it comes to God. Trinity included, so. I would totally agree. Like, I think that, and that really just hits it on a personal level for me, because the Trinity, as of late, has been a very comforting, uh, interesting, like, just awe-inspiring element in my spirituality. Like, I just think about it often, and I think about the many elements and the many ways that God exists in the world. And I do believe that, like, you know, I don't think people are going to be talking about the Trinity in a thousand years. I don't think that they're going to use that language. No. And that's that's so fascinating. Isn't it? Like, it really is, because it's going to mean so much to me. And it's not going to be that it's fake or it's wrong. It's just going to be 
it's going to be how far it got me, like, in my existence and in my right. pursuit of God. And that's all that matters. And someone else is going to do it in a different way. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's so great. That's so great. There's, it's just, um, it's hopeful, I think, in the sense of there's just, on the entertainment and in the spiritual side of this podcast, there's just so much that is to come, you know, like, yeah, like, I think that that's just been like a running theme of this episode. There is so much to come. I and so, yeah. And by the end of our lives, I think we're going to look back and go, wow, so much has happened. And then in, in a thousand years, I think that I think that people will look back and say, like, wow, so much has happened. Like, well, I mean, so much has changed on like a you know, like, not just on, like, a surfacey level. I think on a very deep level, yeah, like, things I mean, will have changed. Literally, probably even 200 years, people are going to look back at our times and be like, we were in the Stone Ages. Even with all of our technology <laughs> 200 that we years? Have, 200 I think years so. I think, yeah. That's it? I mean, we are developing really fast. So You quick. got a point there. I mean, literally the fact that, like, I have a computer, a microphone, and an iPhone right in front of me, those will probably be one thing in the future you know what i mean like i mean god let's hope so honestly it's one thing now it's called an iphone but i mean like everything there won't be cords i'm guessing everything's gonna i don't know why i'm going on this tangent we should just end (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say like well that's exactly those are the surfacey things john that's exactly what i was not talking about but i'm glad that you're excited for myself iphone version 700 over there can't wait can't wait (laughs) you're not gonna be able to have it Road. You think you're going to be 200 years old? Hell no. Hex no. Hex no. All right, let's wrap this sucker up. Yeah, let's do it. Because I think think we actually ran in a little. Yeah, I think so. And I think, yeah, so let's just like end it on a good note, you know? Just say, yeah, absolutely. Um, What if you actually just stopped it right there? (laughs) You're just like, peace, deuces, bye. And then the whole thing was over. I was acting like I left, but I didn't. I'm right here. Hi. I know you were. I was like, ah, this guy's so predictable. He thinks he's being funny over there. (laughs) All right, Mathis. Anyways, um, I'm going to plug, I'm going to plug some stuff before we leave. Okay. Um, uh, send us emails and we'll answer all kinds of questions for y'all peeps. Um, hello and to do at Mm gmail.com. H E L L O A N D A D I E U at gmail.com. Um, follow us on Twitter Sometimes we post funny things. We're posting like videos of us from a while back that yeah. have turned out to be pretty dang funny. So you should be watching those. They're good. Totally. Uh, and our Twitter handle is at hello and to do, and that's exact same spelling as the email uh-huh. and all spelled out. Um, and that's it. Uh, thank you for everyone who listens. Oh, I meant to say, John. Um. Uh, a lot of people love your story from last episode. Oh, like, good. Like not on, like I several people told me like not only did they find it really funny, which we were really hoping, you know, that it was like, oh gosh, I hope other people found that funny. Yeah. Not only did they find it funny, people really appreciated the transparency oh, of something so like happy. that. Because it was so me too. long, yeah. And I felt so bad that I talked for so long about my ass mole. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! Uh, oh, thank you for saying. I that. asked Mole. Yeah, I, I was gonna say it up top, and I forgot. But up top, 
Mm. That was a high five. <laughs> Sorry. I was I was waiting for that joke. I was honestly waiting for you to do that. Stop. Am, uh, I, am I that predictable? Just just these last just for five, you. Yeah. Not usually. Yeah. Not even usually for me. Usually you're not predictable. Usually you say things and I'm like, what is this guy smoking over there? True. In a good way. In a good way. Right. The good smoke. People people loved the the story from last week. Oh and good, I'm glad. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you shared it and I'm so glad we left it in because I think it is the essence of this podcast in a sense. You yeah. Know? It's funny and it's authentic and Yeah. And that's that's great. Um but anyways, yes. yeah. Uh, so yeah, just where was I? That, oh, that was just talking about the audience, I guess. Yeah. So thank you everyone who listens. Yeah, thanks, uh, guys. I hope you, I hope you guys liked us because this know. was really, really good. Guys, this is a free podcast. Pete Holmes does that all the time. Oh shoot! <laughs> My phone just fell on the ground. Um. Uh, it was such a good sound. It sounded so like <laughs> it Mike sounded drop. like a, that we planned. <laughs> You're um, like, guys, this is a free podcast, mic drop. I actually, I actually hit my headphones, so it was that awkward where, like, the headphones, like, flew out of my ears along with the iPhone. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but P. P. Holmes always happens. says that. He's always like, guys, this is a free podcast. But I love when he says that. I do, too. What, what's that one thing that Rob Bell always says? Come on! Isn't that He does, it? Like, yeah, he's like, come, he's like, come on. on! Guys, just come on! Yeah. It's happening over here. All right, we're rambling. We need to end. We are. Okay. I bid you adieu, John. You as well. Adieu, adieu. Until next week. Yes. Goodbye.